Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Scientific Discussion. Today we'll be doing part 2 to our favourite math and logic puzzles. Part 1 was by far our most successful episode and we are keen to make this a series. As always, these puzzles will not require long, drawn-out mathematical working out, which would be impossible to convey through audio, but rather quick, creative thinking, which is the fun of problem solving. Let's get into it. So, the first one comes from our old friends at Brilliant. Oh, I uh, love them. My favourite. Uh, so, it, it goes... So, there's two brothers preparing a gift for the sake of the uh, problem we'll call them Paul and Robert. Paul and Robert. Uh, I like Paul and Robert already. So, if they weather, uh, work together preparing the present, it takes four hours. And if Paul makes half... But if Paul makes half of it, and they prepare the other half together... Then it takes five hours. So the question is, how much time does would it take if Robert prepared it working alone? Oh. So to work this out, this is this is a, a problem. Basically, it's quite basically a proportion problem. So if based on the four hours working together, in one hour together they achieve making one quarter of the gift, because well, it's just it's just how it is how it is. work. Yeah. Uh, so they make half of it in two hours compared to the second part where Paul makes half of it uh, Paul makes three hours takes three hours to make half of it since five minus two which is how long together they take to make half of it equals three so Paul's rate of, of making the present can be calculated by half which is how how much of it there is to to be made, divided by three, which is one sixth. So he makes one sixth of the present per hour, and since you add together the rates to calculate how much is done together, so how they the rate it takes them to work together to prepare the present in four hours. So you can just form a simple algebra problem where one sixth plus x, which is Robert's rate is one quarter since they make one quarter of the gift in one hour. So with that, uh, one sixth minus a quarter, one quarter minus a sixth equals one over twelve, which means Robert makes one twelfth of the present in one hour, which means it would take him twelve hours to work alone. Mm. That's good. Yeah. That would have been good for a Christmas special, actually. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's close enough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's close enough. It's the same sort of year. Um, all right, my first one is a bit more of a mental maths question, a bit of a warm-up, uh, if you will. So you're given the numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4, and you're told to make 13. That's your final answer. And you can add numbers together, and you, or you can multiply them together. You're allowed to basically use 1, 2, 3, and 4, manipulate them in any way, try and get to the answer 13. I mean, if you want to try and work that out... You can, Feel free to pause the podcast for a second. Well, the answer goes, um, you add the 2 and the 1 together to make 3. You times that 3 with the 3 you've already got to make 9. And you add the 4 to make 13. So it's 3, open brackets, 2 plus 1, close brackets, plus 4, equals 13. It's just a it's just um, a quick mental math question. I like to play these kind of games on my phone. Um, there are quite a few apps that do these kind of questions. And they're just kind of fun. Uh, that was basically the entirety of my first one. Back to you, Will. 
So this is a um, another one from Brilliant. So, so oh, it's my we love Brilliant. It's my, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's there's four boxes containing two types of coins: silver and gold coins. So the first box contains three gold coins. The second one contains one silver and two gold coins. And the third one contains two silver and one gold. And the fourth one contains all silver. And if you, the question goes, if you pick a random box and remove a coin, and that first coin is silver, what is the probability that the second, from the second coin that you take from the same box will also be silver? So, uh, an interesting probability uh, property of these uh, probability questions is that uh, to calculate the probability of a of a and b two kind of conditions where b has already occurred is p p and then inside the brackets a intersection b over p b i probability of b and in the context of the question uh b would be uh, a intersect b would be the probability that both coins are silver and pb is just the the first one silver so we can use that so first we want to f calculate what the probability that both of the coins that you pick are silver so first we go through the different boxes so since the first one is all gold you obviously can't pick a silver from that so you just kind of disallow that the second one there's only one silver which means you obviously can't pick a second silver so they can't both be silver so you also just kind of shove that away uh, <laughs> yeah and for the third box that does have two silvers so you can get some of the probability out of that so since it's two silvers and there's three coins in total the probability is going to be two out of three uh, that you pick a silver originally from it and after that since there's one less silver it's going to be half a probability of half and then because they're dependent you times them together to get one third and for the fourth box uh, so there's a so there's w once you pick that box there's a probability of one that you get a silver coin and yeah so that's basically just that and since you need to pick the boxes at random you times those two by a quarter since there's four boxes right so that ends comes out to one quarter times a third because that's the uh, probability of box three and then add a quarter times one which is just a quarter so that comes out to also one third for the probability that both of the coins are silver and then the last one at uh, the, the bottom of the probability calculation which is the probability that the first coin is silver uh, which so for box one which contains all three gold coins that's obviously zero as well but in box two which was disallowed last time that can actually occur because there's one silver which would be a probability of one quarter, one quarter to pick pick the box, and one third to pick the silver, which is one quarter times a third equals one twelfth. 
and box three contains two silvers, so it's one quarter to pick it times two thirds to pick a silver, which is two twelfths. And um, box four is all silver, so it's just one quarter, since whenever you pick it, you'll always be picking a silver. So that comes out to one twelfth plus two twelfths plus three twelfths, three twelfths, uh, which is six twelfths equals a half. Half. So that comes out to uh, one third divided by a half, which is two thirds, and that's the chance. That's that's cool. So you you use that equation and you add all the cases together, the numerator and all the cases to the denominator, yeah. and you work all that in big one. See, I probably would have done it separately for each box and like combined them at the end, but all right, that's that's probably a better way to do it, and it works better for more cases. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, all right. <laughs> Thank um, you. I'll, I'll move on to my second one. I think I remember that question. I remember I did it uh, a lot more simply, but your way is a lot nicer, I'm sure. Um, all right, another brilliant one. We love brilliant. Um, you need to measure out twelve liters of water, and you have an empty, unmarked eighteen-liter container. You're allowed to pick one of four different unmarked 15-litre containers. They contain 8, 9, 10, and 11 litres of water, respectively. Um, after you make your choice, you may do any of the following. Completely fill a container uh, from the tap, completely empty a container onto the ground, or pour a container into the other con until it's completely full, or the one pouring is completely empty. Which 15-litre container should you choose to measure out 12 litres in the fewest number of steps? So, you have an 18 litre which is empty, and then a choice of one of four 15 litres, uh, where one has eight, one has nine, one has ten, one has eleven litres. So the way I thought of this when I did this, I'm proud to say I got it right. <laughs> um, so, um, I picked the one with nine litres out of 15. Um, you notice there, to, get, to fill that one up from nine to 15 litres, you need six litres. And now the 18, the difference between 18 and 12 is 6. So what you do is you entirely fill the 18 litre and you pour it into the um, 15 litre with 9 until the 15 litre is full. That means you poured 6 out of the 18 litre, mean you're, meaning you're left with 12 litres in the 18 litre container, which I thought was a very sort of intuitive way of thinking about it. Uh, then if you read the brilliant solution, of course, a lot more elegant, um, but roughly the same logic. Um, they say that notice that 12 and 18 are both divisible by 3. So if we want to measure out exactly 12 litres, the amount of water in litres present in each of the two containers, an empty container of uh, volume 18 litres and a container with volume 15 litres partially filled initially must be divisible by 3. Among the four numbers, uh, which are 8, 9, 10, 11, only 9 is divisible by 3, so our answer is 9 litres. And then they go on to describe the process of pouring and transferring and things. But that's a very nice way to do it. Um, yeah, I'd definitely say to recommend, uh, I definitely recommend to do these brilliant daily challenges. I think both me and Will are quite big fans of them and uh, neither of us pe actually pay for it. But, you know, if you, uh, if you, if you, you can do it free, you can do the ones within like five days of when you look at it, which is uh, pretty good. Uh, back to you, Will, then. Okay, so moving away from from my, my brilliant ones, I've got... It's very sad, got... it's very sad. Yeah, I've got these uh, next, the next four from a website called uh, mathschallenge.net. So, it's a new, uh, it's a new source for us. It's a big, it's a yeah. big moment. Uh, this, this first one states that in, in a class of um, unspecified size, one quarter of 
students with blonde hair have brown eyes, and one third of students with brown eyes have blonde hair. And the question is, what fraction of the class have brown eyes? So, here a good way to do it is just kind of de like simplify the problem. So, by you can do this by letting the number of people with both blonde hair, hair and brown eyes be n. And since since one quarter of students with blonde hair have brown eyes, then 4n must have blonde hair, since 4 times 1 quarter is a whole, as in the whole number of people with blonde hair. Uh, so 3n must have blonde hair only. And in that in that in a similar vein, 3n must have brown hair since one third plus two thirds equals a whole, and there's one third of the uh, of the brown eyes people with blonde hair. So 2n, which is just 3n minus minus n, must have must have just brown eyes. And to kind of finish this off, there's you can do. Uh, you can do kind of 2n plus n to get the number of people with number in terms of n with uh, brown eyes. And that comes out to 3n divided by 6n, which cancels down to a half. So a half of the entire class has brown eyes. It's quite, uh, that that last step was a bit crazy. Yeah. I think I need to see that written down to fully understand that, but okay. Um, sure. Um, Alright, the next two, I'll do the next two together because they're both short and mostly trivial. Um, the first one is similar to my... The first one of this is similar to the very first one I mentioned. Um, just a mental maths questions I like to do on my phone. Um, and it describes the relation between two numbers. So, 40 is related to 83, 12 is related to 27, 8 is related to 19 and then oh it's, yeah and you have to num and you have to try and find uh what number is related to 91 so you have to look between the pattern between the numbers work it out and find what will give you the result of 91 uh, pause if you want to work it out it's a very quick one um so what you can do is realize to go from 40 to 83 you times by 2 and add 3 and you realize the same pattern is for, for 12 to 27 as well times 12 by 2 and add 3 you get to to 27, um, same thing with 8 and 19. So you divide uh, 91, wait, you minus, uh, you go 91 minus 3 and then divide by 2 and you get your starting number. So very trivial, just a fun, fun things, get the brain moving, you know. And here, here's uh, a brilliant puzzle that Will is a huge fan of, I know. Um, you're in a dark room with a candle, a wood stove, and a gas lamp. You only have one match, so what do you light first? Now this this um this is from a great website mathsisfun.com. It's it's brilliant. It's no it's actually a very good website. I will recommend it. It's full of amazing uh, puzzles, many of which almost all of which are like uh the following of mine have come from. Um and this is under the section of trick puzzles where the answers are all going to be trick questions. And I find I personally I find it quite useful to practice trick questions. Um makes you think a bit out of the box, you know, you try and outthink the question, you know, try and outsmart it. So you're in a dark room with a candle, a wood stove, and a gas lamp. You only have one match. What do you light first? And the answer is the match, of course. 
It's brilliant. It's brilliant. <laughs> but I genuinely think they're quite clever trick questions. You know, you really have to try and yeah, um, you have to try and think think about it a bit more than just uh, what you normally expect to do. Well, it's a bit like those things back in like primary school or whatever, where somebody would ask, like, go through a bunch of like numbers or whatever, and then ask what was the the first word I said in the sentence, and they would think it was like a number, but it was actually like what or something stupid yeah like, like say the whole alphabet and like they're trying to raise and then one guy says the alphabet it's like oh <laughs> see, but it, it is clever it's, it's witty it's yeah, quick thinking yeah that's good um right i'll just i'll do an actual one now because th- those two were just you know there but okay mastersfun.com best website ever um they have great puzzles by the way and this one is a very creative one um a man is caught on the king's property he is brought before the king to be punished. You see the drama here, you feel the t- intensity. The king says, you must give me a statement. If it is true, you will be killed by lions. If it is false, you will be killed by trampling of wild buffalo. Uh, but, in the in- but in the end, the king had to let the man go. What was the man's statement? So if he says something that's true, he'll be killed by lions. If he says something that's false, um, he'll be trampled by wild buffalo. So... Um, the guy says, I will be killed by trampling of wild buffalo. So um, if you think about this, um, the king can't say it's true, because if it's true, he has to be killed by a lion. But if he is killed by the lions, then his statement would be false, so he should have been trampled by buffalo. Wait, let me read that again. The king can't say it is true, because if the man, if so, the man should be ki- have been killed by lions. But if he is killed by lions, then his statement would be false, and so sh- should have been trampled by buffalo. Yeah, so he can't be killed by buffalo or lions. So the king can't tell if it's a lie or true, so he decides to let him go. Um, and they say here, there is an alternative solution, probably made by a fan called Pramod Verma. That's a cool name. Uh, I will not be killed by lions also works. Because then they can't be killed by lions or buffalo. So, you know, you could just be killed ordinarily, but that, that wouldn't be fun. On to you, Will. Okay, so this is also quite a simple one. So a set of three steps can be climbed in four different ways so just climbing it normally one after another or after the other or you can skip all of the stairs and just jump straight onto the third stair or you can skip one stair and then climb the final stair as normal then you could or you could climb the first stair as normal skip the second step and yeah so how many ways can you climb 10 different steps if gravity is no no, like, object. I think if you put it in the constraints of gravity, it would probably be a, a bit more difficult. But it it's might just be a... the same thing as three stairs, wouldn't it? Uh... No, 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 it's just simple, simple combinatorics. So with ten, it's only necessary to land on the tenth step, because you could just jump all the way up and uh, land on the tenth step without having to have stepped on the... or stood on the, the rest of them. So... You just see that it's two to the power of nine, since you there are different combinations, right, of of standing on them, which is just five hundred and twelve ways. It's a fairly fairly stupid one, but no, that's good. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's a cool solution. Um, here here's an even more outrageous master's fun puzzle that's even more uh, crazy than all that. Cannibals ambush a safari in the jungle and capture three men. 
That that's how you know a good logic puzzle is about to go down. The cannibals give a me, me, them give the men a single chance to escape uneaten. This is going far from a mass podcast anyway. <laughs> the captives are lined up in order of height and are tied to stakes. The man in the rear can see the backs of his two friends. The man in the middle can see the back of the man in front. And the man in front cannot see anyone. He's just looking forward. Uh, the cannibals show the men five hats. Three of the hats are black and two of the hats are white. Very important. Uh, blindfolds, blindfolds are then placed over each man, man's eyes and a hat is placed on each man's head. The two hats uh, the two hats left over are hidden. The blindfolds are then removed, and it is said that to the man, uh, it's said to the men that if one of them can guess what colour that he is wearing, they can all leave unharmed. Um, the man in the rear, who can see both of his friend's hats, but not his own, says, I don't know. The middle man, who can see the hat of the man in front, but not his own, says, I don't know. And the front man, who cannot see anybody's hat, says, I know. How did he know the colour of it? what the colour of the hat was, and what colour was it. So, um, we have this thing, they're lined up in three, back one can see the front two, middle can see the front, that's it. So we know, let's start from the back. The back one can see the two in front of him, and he says, I don't know. Um, and the only case for that, um, we mean we know they can't both be white, because we know there are uh, th- three black hats and two white hats. So if he'd seen that both of the hats were white, he knew his must have been black and would have known. So we know the two front people have at least one black hat, one white hat. Maybe two black, I'm not sure. But they can't both be white. The, um, the man in uh, the middle says, I don't know. And since he knows that both their hats can't be white, uh, let me see what is said here. Um, the man in front knew he was wearing a black hat Wait, what? No. Oh, I skipped it. Oh. Um, hold on. Yeah, the first man did not see white hats. knew the second man did not see one white hat. Because if he saw a white hat, the second man would have known that his hat was black. Ah, okay. So we know the middle man knows they can't both be white. So uh, he must... Um, so if he'd seen a white hat on the person in front of him, he would have known his was black. So that way the man in front must have been wearing a black hat. Does that suddenly make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's... Wait, so... Oh, so, yeah, it's to do with, like, the numbers of the, the hats. Yeah it's, yeah, it's because the white hats are limited. That it is. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, back to you, Will. I've done, like, three in a row there, so um, maybe you do two. Uh, how, how many have you got left? Uh, just two left. Okay, I've got one, so you do two and I'll do one. Okay. Actually, no, no, you uh... do one, I'll do one, you do one. <laughs> Do yeah. So I mean, my final two are fairly, fairly simple. So, uh, one's got a bit of a, uh, bit of a story. So, well, I like, archaeologists, I like archaeologists, or actually probably more, more specifically, Egyptologists, oh, discover nice. hieroglyphs in a tomb, and when translated, came out as a four-digit num, four-digit number, with the sm- at, with it being the smallest number divisible by all numbers from one to ten. And the aim is to work out what this, this number is. Learn so I think it, GCSE yeah. maths question. Yeah, I know, but it's pretty pretty. In, no, but it's it does like mean ten numbers. So. Yeah. Or so you, you just kind of it, it's not particularly interesting, but you just kind of list list out all of the prime factors for the numbers from one to ten, which is fairly simple. Oh, it is lowest common multiple. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. No, but it is cool because you do it from numbers 1 to 10. 
which is when you only ever really see it between two or three numbers maximum. So. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So for two, so for there's all the prime numbers: two, three, five, seven, nine. Oh wait, no, not nine. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, nine uh, is two fr- Yeah, yeah, fine. I'm sorry. No, no, I know, I know. I'm just adding stuff here. <laughs> uh, two, three, five, and seven. All the prime numbers, and then. So their prime factors is just them themselves and one, but you don't really need to include that. Um, then there's the number numbers which are actually divisible by something, which is four, which is two times two, six, which is two times three, eight, which is two two cubed, nine, which is three squared, and ten, which is two times five. And you just do the uh, age-old LCM tactic. Of... See, I can't actually remember how to do LCM. I should know that. <laughs> So you you see the um you take kind of all of them together and see the largest power of each individual like number. So for example two but I guess it's somewhat different than this one in that it has to be with an individual individual number. So eight is two times two times two times two, two cubed, which is the highest power across all of them of two. So that goes in. And then nine is three times three, which is the uh, lowest, uh, lowest no, the highest power of three across all of them. So that goes in. And then for the prime numbers five and seven, which aren't factors for any of the other other of them, there they themselves are the highest pa- power of themselves. Uh, so they go in. So it's just two cubed times three squared times five times seven, which is two. Thousand five hundred twenty. That's cool. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I now I mean... that I saw that it was LCM. <laughs> no, 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 it's good no, because okay. LCM and HDF are just common, cool math facts. They're actually, surprisingly useful in math puzzles. Um, yeah. I think I learned the way to get LCM it was kind of different. It was you find HCF first, which is highest common factor, and you times it by the numbers you haven't used for that, which is a long way to go about it. Okay, so I'll I'll go for my last one, and. Surprisingly, not from Brilliant or MathsIsFun.com. I know I'm getting creative. Mm. I know. And this is question two of the 2019 Physics Olympiad. I think it's the British Physics Olympiad. I'm not quite sure exactly what the title is, but there you go. It's Physics Olympiad, um, the intermediate one. Uh, a metal cube. The metal cube in question one. We, we don't need to know question one. Makes no difference. The metal cube in question one is divided into eight identical smaller cubes. How does the pressure exerted by a single smaller cube on the tabletop compare to the pressure exerted by the original larger cube? And it's a multiple choice question. A, it increases by a factor of four. B, increases by a factor of two. C, stays the same. D, decreases by a factor of two. And E, decreases by a factor of four. So we have a cube put into eight smaller cubes, which are all identical, that's important. And we need to find out how the pressure of one of those cubes on the on the on the surface it compares to the pressure of the original cube so uh, pressure is force over area and in this case we can just say it's weight over area because the force we're talking about is just the weight of the cube on the surface so um, the new pressure the pressure of a small cube is the original weight over eight because it's just an eighth of the larger cube um, all over area which is now area over four because if this is um, the bottom surface area of those tiny cubes are going to be a quarter of the um, 
of the uh, like original surface area of the bigger cube because each surface is going to be split into four so that eight cubes come out in the end um, if you can visualize that in your head so in the end it's eight dub it's um it's four so like it's w over eight all over a over four um, is our new pressure which you move the fractions around a little bit you get to four w over eight a which is half w over a which is half the original pressure um so it must be d because it decreases by a factor of two um exactly so that's it's just realizing that you um area divides by four but weight divides by eight so you, overall you decrease by two that's about it well, back to you yeah so this again isn't a uh, isn't a particularly massive one but there's a a person states that they are tw 23 years old not including weekends in their what? age calculation <laughs> So, so how old a, are they? It's a good opener, yeah. And it's it, it's it at first it kind of seemed super difficult, but this well this the answer is basically an approximation. But if you think about a week, it, it's divided into the week the actual week days, which is Monday Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday, and then the weekend, which is Saturday Sunday, and the weekdays is five out of seven five over seven of the entire week while the weekend is two over seven of the entire week so you can just formulate a simple simple calculation where if 23 is the 23 is five sevenths of the age i.e the age times five over seven therefore age must be 23 over five over seven or 23 times seven over five which is 32 years old. That's, it's, yeah, that's it's, good. It's five cents of the normal age, yeah. Sure, that wouldn't have kit. Like, how would that be an approximation? Would it be like leap years that screw that over, or the way the well, year goes over halfway through a week, or surely then, what, then like, number yeah, of days yes. would carry over? I, I guess, but like, they, they're they not going to be exactly 23 years old. Also, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, they might be born halfway through a week, or like halfway through into a weekend or something. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Well, and that's about it. That's about it. Uh, before I end the episode, uh, Will and I decided to revisit the problem. We had to um, find the number of ways you could climb a flight of 10 stairs, where the answer was 2 to the 9. But neither of us could really remember how we got to that point, so we decided to work it out again. If you kind of shrink shrink it down to three steps, which is kind of what I did at the start. So I understand uh, that, but you either go all, basically you count all the way up, one by one, or you can go first one, skip, um, or skip, go one. Or skip all three, or all two. Yeah, yeah. The, the, to like... get to the... So, if you do it in the, on that smaller scale, you only have to land on the top step, which is the third step, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there's two other steps, which you go on twice? Hang on. Wait, what? Each? Yeah, twice each. So... Two to the power of two is four. I mean, yeah. There are four ways to do it, but what? <laughs> I, do, I guess it's just... It's something to do with combinatorics. <laughs> <laughs> what does the name drop that? So, no, uh, no, hang on, I'll search up the definition. <laughs> Wait, so you either go... Okay, so we have one case all the way up and one case one by one. That leaves... Oh, no, 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 I get it. No, no, I don't. 
No, 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 I, I think I've got it, but I can, it doesn't, I don't know if it scales. So we know there's always one case for one by one, always one case for jumping all the way. And we, there are two oh, steps in the binary. middle. it's just binary. It's just binary. Actually, it, it isn't just binary, never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, wait. One no, second. it is. Because so... if you think about it, one binary digit has one possible combination. Two has two po- it has four possible combinations, right? Oh. oh no, no. The first one step has one combination. It's like factorial, but you don't decrease. Yeah, vaguely. Um, yeah, because that's why it's nine, two to the nine. Because for each one, there's two options, and then you either go yeah, on it or just... you don't, and there's nine of steps. Yeah, it's just binary. It's just binary, it's just binary. So that kind of makes sense, but I haven't got my head around that. And I get there's two... Hmm. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that certainly makes sense. If you count the... Like, each step can have an option of either on or off, and there are nine, because the, the last one is just... Yeah. Yeah, you don't really count the last one, or the first, like, yeah. You don't count the, either the starting or the ending. It's like same thing with three steps is two to the two, which is four. And there were four of them. Yeah. So it's just a pattern. You work it out for three, work out what the pattern is, and you scale. Well, that was fun. Indeed. <laughs>